just to piggyback on this, was gonna, one of my three questions, but since you just brought it up, like if you could change anything about the portal, what would it be? Would it just be more like defined lines or like harder dates, less, less opportunity to move, more opportunity to move? It seems like NBA free agency is easier to understand at this point. Well, I mean, once you took the portal and paired it with NIL, it literally is just college football dreams. Automatic, my force so fantastic. Better not catch you lacking. Back to back like traffic. Got that jumper pattern in my starter jacket. In my wrist like. Hello and welcome to the Flock Pod. We are at hashtag 116 here in the beautiful condo. Avateria producers are surrounding Miga right now, hoping she's going to drop some foods they can devour. So they are eating on the job today, being lazy as per usual. Uh, if you would be so kind, please go find us at the Flock Pod on all of your favorite podcast streaming platforms. Give us the five star ratings. Click that little subscribe button so our podcast always shows up fresh in your feed right when it comes out the oven. Don't have to click on that link on Twitter whatsoever. Speaking of Twitter, if you'd be so kind to also please find us on your favorite social media platforms uh, twitter's been a fun one lately uh, go check it out for our little poll i guess it'll be closed by the time this podcast comes out but still fun 41 percent of you want football it's just crazy football fanatics out there anyway you can find me at coach justin d on those same social media platforms shane tell them where you are you can find me at bartender shane six on twitter and at walk of flocka shane six on instagram to your point justin i thought it was insane how many people were watching the draft over an nba playoff game yeah that too the nfl Bonkers. is just a behemoth man it's just Crazy. a massive massive behemoth and fresh off the links we are also joined by ducks wire guy himself mr zachary neal zach how you doing sir and I wish I was on the links. I was working in the pro shop this morning, so I'd be in a much better mood if I was fresh off the links, or maybe a worse mood. I have not been. <laughs> or were you were you were links adjacent? <laughs> I was. Well, my whole life is links adjacent. Links adjacent. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm great. Um, I'm happy to be on here and talking some Oregon. Hopefully, a lot of Oregon basketball and some little bit of Oregon football. So, yeah, let's yes, get sir. Into it. Yes, sir. So we've got some transfer discussion to get to. We're going to talk a little bit of the NBA playoffs. And then, of course, America's favorite segment, three questions at the end. So let's just jump right into it, gentlemen. Let's do football first. And I want to talk about Bucko Irving. I want to talk about this kid, this running back coming over from Minnesota. He is, what year is he? Three years of eligibility left. Three years of eligibility. So he's coming in off his freshman season. Um, had 113 carries last year, 699 yards. Nice. Four touchdowns. Had a long of 41. Uh, yeah, I, I was really impressed by his film. So I'm excited. You guys know me, though. I'm excitable. So I want to throw it to you, Shane. Have you had a chance to to think about this kid or watch any of his film yet? Uh, just about a minute and a half right before we started recording <laughs> here. Uh, and I immediately kind of was already judging him based on what the little bit that you said right before oh, we started recording. Yep. So, uh, but I liked what I saw with low center of gravity. Uh, I mean, 
making a lot of people miss, especially around the line of scrimmage, which is big. I mean, that's that's been one of those things that's kind of hindered some of the running backs here at Oregon is the way that, well, I mean, in previous regimes, I guess, we don't know what this new Dan Landing system is going to look like, but all about making people miss early. You know, I mean, that was the Michael James bread and butter. So that was something that I really like seeing from him, but it's it's hard. It's a, uh, it's a YouTube highlight strip that I watched 90 seconds of, so it looked good. It looked good. There you go. Look good. Zach, it sounds like you've done a little bit more of a deep dive here on Bucko. What do you got for us? Uh, like Shane said, um, I really think that what stood out to me the most about him is that you you almost never see one person take him down or the first contact be what takes him down. I mean, he a lot of times he'd kind of go into a little scrum of people and then pop out the other side or backwards and around the side. And it was, it was really impressive. He keeps his feet driving a lot and, and just has a great center of balance um, to stay upright. So um, but what really impresses me about this addition is that it's it's a really good balancing act for the backfield because, I mean, we talk about the running backs are already there, and there's not a lack of talent. I mean, Sean Dollars, Byron Cardwell, Noah Whittington, you've got some really talented backs, and they all bring a little bit something different to the table. Byron Cardwell, a really good north-to-south runner, really quick breakaway speed, but he's not too shifty in the hole. He doesn't really break out of contact too well. Whereas Sean Dollar's not the best breakaway speed, but I mean, we saw in the spring game, he can get you eight, 10 yards and really, really cut a lot in the backfield. And Whittington, we've talked before, he kind of reminds me of a JD McKissick type where he's really shifty out of the backfield, good pass catching back and kind of, kind of do a little bit of everything. And that's kind of how I see Irving too, because he, he's got some pass catching abilities. He's really good kick return, which I think, I mean, we saw, um, I think it was seven McGee and dollars in the spring game. They saw you might have to check me on that, do a lot of the kickoff return. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I think he's going to do a little bit of everything for this backfield. I think the, 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 the kickoff return and the punt return is where he's going to be super valuable. I think is where they really want to use him right away is what it seems like. Uh, it seems like that's where he could find a role right away. But yeah, I really liked what I saw in my brief uh, film study. Also, um, he reminded me a lot just because of everything that he can do low center of gravity, not the biggest kid, 510, 190, you know, would like to see that maybe get to 510, you know, 200, something like that. Maybe he can put on a little bit more muscle, stay a little bit more, stay quick with that muscle on. Uh, but yeah, Ryan, to cut, out again, the, uh, cut out the fruity pebbles if he wants to. I don't know if you guys saw his like recruiting oh, really? photos, but he's like <laughs> dumping boxes of fruity pebbles on himself and like Oregon gear and it's like okay fantastic oh (laughs) man I don't hate it I like fruity pebbles oh that's coming off of our cereal conversation on the last podcast yes very pro cereal podcast (laughs) fruity pebbles didn't come up at all actually that's interesting um but yeah I I Kenyon Barner is what is the name that came to mind when I was seeing his film so we'll see we'll see if he can pan out let's jump over onto the defensive line here uh Casey Rogers uh, coming over from Nebraska, big old DL, uh, and his time there at Lincoln, he got 19 games, uh, 42 total tackles, one and a half sacks, six tackles for loss. He was injured uh, coming up to the 2021 season, so did I mean, I'm sure that had a little bit of a role in that um, limited um, statistical productiveness there. Uh, Zach, what can, what more can you tell us about this kid? You know, he he uh, he pops out on tape. He's really, really pretty quick off the ball. In those two years with Nebraska, 42 tackles, one and a half sacks, one forced fumble. And he's just a really, a really big 
I think depth piece. I mean, Oregon is not a, they're not lacking for talent on the defensive line at all. They've got a really, really good front four, five, six players that you could just rotate in there and not, not be missing for any, any talent on reps. But um, he's another big body that comes in and obviously Lanning likes him and, and Tosh Lapoy likes him and Tony Tuioti like him. So um, they know what they're doing. I, no critique over here. He he looks good on film, and I'm excited to see what him and any of these defensive players can do this year under the new coaching staff. Shane, with with him coming in now and adding that the some more depth to that defensive line, do you feel like this shows you that we might see Jackson Powers Johnson more on the offensive side of the ball than the defensive side of the ball? I Jesus, who knows? I mean, <laughs> I mean, between it's really hard to read the, the tea leaves in the Jackson Powers Johnson uh, world because it just, from all accounts, he's just really good at everything. So maybe. Uh, I mean, it is. It's a little. I mean, Zach, you might know this. With uh, was it Christian Williams leaving? Was that before, or after? Did those things kind of time up to the fact that maybe he knew that was an incoming player that might be infringing on his role? I don't think so because Williams was not present at practice for I think the last week or two of spring and us media members noted that like, okay, he's, he's gone. We, I think someone even asked landing about it. Like, where is he? And he gave a, a non-answer. So um, I don't think those are like directly related. I'm sure that Williams might've, might've saw that he had not the the clearest shot to starting at Oregon and, and decided to leave as most transfers do. So um, yeah, I don't know if I would connect those one and one, but they, they are minorly related, I'm sure. Right, right. I think the biggest thing that, that I noticed with this news was the other schools that he was considering going to. And I mean, there are two schools that Oregon fans are, you know, a notable thorn in our sides in University of Southern California and Auburn. And so I thought that was big. And I mean, to just to bring in another piece to kind of win another one of these you know, postseason recruiting portal battles, I think is really important for just the the structure of the Pac-12. And I mean, at this point, I think it is a little bit of a pissing mass match between uh, Lanning and uh, USC Riley. guy, Lincoln, Lincoln Riley. Riley. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, so I, I think it's a big win there. Uh, I do think it's kind of funny. One thing I also noticed uh, with our conversation about big white defensive linemen from, uh, from last week, did you guys see where he's from? the mm-hmm. name of the town old farms connecticut <laughs> <laughs> can't make that shit up <laughs> fantastic sounds about right that's absolutely fantastic what a good get good uh good dig there shane that's awesome so yeah another another depth piece there on the defensive line love to see that um are we are we rivals with auburn i wouldn't say so do you like it's, auburn like if you no. have, if you turn auburn on are you gonna root for auburn so I'll answer that question with another question. Are we rivals with Ohio State? No. The answer is no, but kind of because we've lost to them in some big games and beat them in a big game. So, like, I don't – it's not like a school rivalry. Rivalry. It's kind of like a fan rivalry, you know. Like, I, I speaking as an Oregon fan, dislike Ohio State and dislike yeah. Auburn. Yeah. But then we, we lost to LSU down in Dallas – in what 2011 and i i don't have any hatred for lsu so and they were purple in in my opinion a rivalry takes mutual disdain oregon Mm -hmm. has more disdain for those schools like to auburn fans oregon's just a team they beat in the national championship to oregon fans 
Auburn ripped their fucking hearts out and stomped on them and spit on them. And so Michael it's Dyer like did so again in 20, 2019. Michael Dyer was down. Yeah. I mean, that game had, a, I mean, a lot less relevance, but yes, also yes. as well. But yes, I mean, but, but I don't really think that that's a game that, or, that Auburn fans like really would point out and be a big bragging point. Well, and then like the quarterback trade, I don't know. I just, I guess I was thinking about that just because there has been like so much, you know, back and forth between Auburn as opposed to, so I guess, I guess a better question is out of conference, who is Oregon's biggest football rival? I say Ohio state. You say Ohio state. Like, like you said, that feels kind of like a one-way rivalry because I don't think Ohio state fans really care about Oregon at all. Maybe, Mm Maybe they do a little bit more after last year, after we finally got that win over them. But before that, I don't think they would have cared at all about Oregon. Do you think that like Oregon fans think about Ohio State the way that Eastern Washington fans think about Oregon? Is that like a because I mean they had I mean they didn't they beat did they beat us once or did no they just Eastern Washington I don't think so no that was just a game where like a million points were scored. That was the Cooper Cup game when he right. broke the Austin record, but they didn't beat us, I don't think. Right, but they got close, I guess. So they had a couple, like the, I guess, because those would be like their biggest wins, almost their biggest wins ever. So I guess it'd be more like a comparison to Auburn then. Sorry, that was no, I, I not this is this kind of. I mean, I took us in a weird like <laughs> direction, like a weird like galactic kind of conversation here, anyway. But um, yeah, I just found that okay. Let's let's I jump over get us back on. Well, before we jump, yeah, to go ahead. Some sports. Just want to talk about. The transfer portal with football, I've actually talked to other reporters about this too, and we're all just kind of confused because May 1st was supposed to be the deadline for people to enter the transfer portal and leave if they wanted to have eligibility to play this fall. Uh, But a lot of transfers have happened since then, and there's not not really much clarity on whether or not those players are going to play this fall. So... um, I've been asked, like, all right, we're, I mean, JD and I've talked, like, are we getting that cornerback that I predicted that we would get out of the transfer portal? The answer is technically no, because the the portal, quote unquote, ended, but we've also gotten more. I mean, we got Casey Rogers on, I think, Monday, Tuesday, whatever it was, and I think he plans to play this fall. So um, it's all really confusing. So if you were putting a hard cap date, of Sunday on whether we could add more players to our roster or lose more, I would be a little bit more flexible because none of us really know what's going on. Yeah, that's why about right. I kind of texted <laughs> you the other day when some of the transfer news happened, and I was like, wait a minute. Well, the the weird thing, I mean, I some one guy told me that Casey Rogers entered the transfer portal back in like on April 21st. So he was in the portal before the deadline so maybe that makes him eligible but then you look at damon david and christian williams who entered the portal after the deadline it's like so are they gonna sit out for the year i i don't know maybe they can so, apply um, for a waiver or something exactly I, it's it's all very gray area confusing so sounds like um, a fax machine machine issue to me as with the ncaa <laughs> nothing is cut and dry and hard fast rules so um yeah we'll see yeah, that's it's interesting because I also saw a Washington corner enter the transfer portal a couple of days ago, and I still haven't seen any news of him landing anywhere. So, yeah, but yeah, the I mean, this I is, can do is just shrug my shoulders. And I I don't know. We'll see what happens. 
just to piggyback on this was gonna one of my three questions but since you just brought it up like if you could change anything about the portal what would it be would just be more like defined lines or like harder dates less less opportunity to move more opportunity to move it seems like nba free agency is easier to understand at this point well, I mean, once you took the portal and paired it with NIL, it literally is just college football free agency. I mean, look at Pittsburgh wide receiver, former Pittsburgh wide receiver Jordan Addison, who is was the Belenikoff winner and now in the portal because he wants a new NIL deal. And that kid like from it, Miami did the same thing. Yeah, yeah. The, the basketball kid from Miami said, I'm going to enter the transfer portal if you don't give me a, more NIL. So um, it, it really that. is just – I yeah. Go get it uh, yourself. If, you, if you're worth it, you'll you'll earn it. I feel like that's what we're trying to do. You know what I mean? And that's that's, but kids coming on and be like, you know, mm, mm, I don't like that. I don't well, like we, that. I mean, we talked about this when it happened. Like this oh, opened the door for a lot of skeeziness. But mm-hmm. this isn't new skeeziness. Like none mm-hmm. of this is new. It's yeah. just out there now. So seen blue chips. Yeah. Now we can all see what's happening and we can talk about these issues. But it's not like this shit wasn't going down before. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I don't, I don't really, now. I don't think I have an answer to your question, Shane, because I don't know how to fix it. I just know that what's currently going on isn't really working and has a chance to get like disastrous in a couple of years. So, yeah, uh, yeah I'm not really like sure. End of the NCAA, let somebody else. Hey, and it. that might be a, that probably would be a really good thing. Yeah. As long yeah. as they replace it with something that actually works. So, mm. I think the NCAA is the closest like ruling body that's to the empire from Star Wars. Like it's literally like they are like, anyway, all right. Geeky reference there. Anyway, let's <laughs> jump over to round ball. Let's talk about some transfers that are coming in on the hard court. Um, let's talk about six foot four, 211 pound Jermaine Cousinard, I believe is how I heard it pronounced when I was watching some highlights. I could be wrong. Could be Cuisinard. Um, but well, Cuisinard, um, like the, the kitchen equipment spells a little bit differently. It was my my first thought. Huh. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's a little, I don't know. I'm, I'm guessing Cousinard is the way it I goes. I would say right? Cousinard. Yeah. It sounds better. Uh, 12 points a game last year. They're 24 minutes, uh, 39.6 field goal, eh, field goal percentage, 32.3 from behind the arc, uh, only a 67% free throw shooter. So I don't feel like shooting is necessarily his um, cup of tea. It's not his bread and butter. It's not the best thing he brings. But if you watch his highlights. But he's going to do it. <laughs> yeah, if you watch his highlights, that's what you see a lot of him doing. Is make his, his shot is kind of funky, too. He's got like a separated, almost one-handed release. He kind of drops his left hand off a little bit early. So I'd like to see uh, Menenga and some of the Duck uh, assistant coaches get him in the gym and maybe work on his follow-through a little bit. Because his right hand actually looks nice. Mm-hmm. But I think just dropping that left hand off as early as he does just makes it um makes his shot kind of look weird uh he plays hard uh plays in the lanes um one to one assist to turnover ratio about a steal per game i'm i'm not a huge fan but again kind of like we talked about before the podcast started if he can buy into kind of that bench role i think he can be some some good depth for us so zach what do you what do you think about here about jermaine coming in from south carolina i agree with a lot of what you're saying i mean nothing from the from the stat sheet or the the highlights really pop out to you and say like, Oh my gosh, this guy's going to be a star at Oregon. But there's two things. If, if Oregon fans really want to 
start drinking the Kool-Aid and kind of find the reason to buy into him. Two things stand out to me. His final six games last year, he averaged 19.3 points. So he did start to get it going a little bit last year. I know that he's a, a high shot taker and, you know, not a high shot maker, but um, he, he looked good near the end of the year last year. And he also came over with his former assistant coach from South Carolina, Chuck Martin, who Oregon coached or Oregon hired as the assistant under Dana Allman this year. So there's obviously a good relationship there. Um, he wants to play with him. And like you said, if he can really buy into the system and that's what Dana Allman said last year is he needs more guys that really want to more gym work rats. hard and yeah, stay in the gym and want to want to win. So, and I know that there's been stories that come out that Dylan Brooks actually uh, called him and kind of helped convince him to go to Oregon because he was hey. saying like, he's like, you're going to get what you put into this, you know, whatever you want out, you got to put in. So well, speaking um, of, I, I think rats. it's a, yeah, I think it's a good addition. And, um, you know, we'll see. Well, it's interesting again, Shane, I'm here. I'm curious to hear what you had to say. Cause if you are dropping some fire earlier, you know, pre-pod, but Again, the depth is the most important aspect here, but can he, do you think he can buy in to being that kind of a depth piece just from what you've seen in a short time? I mean, I didn't love what I saw. Uh, it, it reminded me a lot of around this time watching Davion Harmon's uh, highlights last year, where you're just seeing a guy with a high, high scoring potential, a true microwave type score, uh, but just loves to get shots up and is constantly kind of hunting for those shots. The things that I didn't like, from him in the tape though the good part is they're all easily fixable and like you said i mean if he's willing to buy in if he can become a system guy and listen to a guy like dana altman i mean in his freshman year he put up 33 points against lsu so you know he's got the ability he's a physical guard he's played basketball in east chicago in high school but his floor spacing is atrocious and i mean i had our i was just watching his youtube highlights from games just basically showing all of his buckets and i had my hands on my face like what is he doing and it was just something that Justin always harps on. And ever since we started doing this and watching breaking down tape together, um, spacing, it's just he he's running in front of his teammates. He's clogging up one side of the court. He's making it hard. He's making other players search for the position that they need to be in because he's kind of filling the position that they're supposed to be in, if that makes sense to the listeners. But like I said, these are all things that can totally be coached out. It's not like he doesn't have raw ability there. He's a three-level scorer. And I think, I mean, in his mind, he he's probably the best player on every court he's on, and that's a, a very valuable asset, but it can also kind of spiral you out of control a little bit. So yep. I'm, I'm optimistic. The one thing that I do really like from watching his tape, he loves the corner three, and that was something that in Dana Altman's offense last season, Oregon really struggled with hitting those shots. So if he can just be a corner three guy and play kind of like a just a – a physical guard presence, maybe off the bench, maybe starting in certain situations, especially barring, you know, injury and all those other things that could be a really good role for him here. So it's, it could be super beneficial for his career moving forward. Well, and I do want to say the reason, I mean, I haven't watched any, I'm going to watch a full game of his before we pot again, have a little bit more information. I mean, just watching some highlights and whatnot, but I did like his lateral speed. He did look like he played pretty good on ball defense. Um, he had a couple, you know, off ball in the passing lane kind of steals, used his length really well. Looks like his arms are a little longer than they should be. So that's where mm -hmm. I got the Dylan Ennis kind of comparison, those kind of vibes. And if he can be a better shooter than Ennis was, you know, Ennis was a timely shooter, but if he can be a higher, you know, just percentage shooter overall, I think he can be an asset. But this next prospect that's coming in from Colorado, 
Keyshawn Bartholomew, sophomore Bart. guard, uh, six foot two, 171. Again, coming in from the Colorado Buffaloes. Um, went a big time tr- jump between his freshman and sophomore year. But last year, you know, 33 games played, 11.1, game, 11.1 points scored. Uh, shot the ball a little bit better than Jermaine, you know, 42% from the field, 34 from behind the arc, 82, almost 83 from the free throw line. Love to see that with as much as the Ducks struggled from the free throw line last year. Uh, Shane, I know you're really excited about Bart, so let's let's hear what you've got to say. So my favorite thing about this guard is really long arms and just a smart kind of combo guard. But his, you can tell just from watching his tape, I watch highlights from probably about five or six different games. And his favorite way to score the ball is with two feet in the paint. He can he can score with both hands. Uh, like I said, long arms, so he's he can absorb contact and still kind of get around people and still get up the finish. Like Justin said, also a really good free throw shooter. He gets to the line often. Uh, got a lot of and ones from what I saw too as well. He's he's a younger player, only two years there at Colorado, giving him three years of eligibility left here at Oregon. So it's he kind of reminds me of like a, a young Will Richardson with Eric Bledsoe's body. I, I think that as he kind of grows into it, the way that he plays reminds me a lot of a young Eric Bledsoe when he was more coveted as, you know, uh, an up and coming player, not the the version of him All that we shoulders. have now. Yeah. 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 But just using I mean, if he can put on I don't know what he is. I didn't see a weight listed for him. Um, 171. 171. So he get like 185, which at this point he's like, what, 1920. That's not out of the question. Um, so, I mean, yeah, just curls for the girls for him. And if he could beef up a little bit. And we coming out of that Tad Boyle system too, where just you know, training these these point guards to be more game managers than anything else. Coming out of that Verone McKinley kind of shadow, I'm I'm really excited. I think that he could be an absolute star, and I actually see a lot of NBA potential as well. Well, and this is the kid Zach that really torched Oregon there uh, late in that. It was the second game, I think, against the Buffaloes. I mean, he had he had a pair of of really good games, games against Oregon. Mm-hmm. I mean, his his two games against Oregon last year, he had nineteen points and sixteen points, and so he's Dana's not, like, go uh, get me that kid, Menenga, exactly. go get me that kid. And nineteen, I believe, was his <laughs> uh, his Pac twelve season high. Yes, it was. And I mean, so he's not someone that it's going to be hard for Oregon fans to buy in on because we've seen him do this on the floor, and he he played played really well against us. And I, I remember watching those games, not even thinking that like, Oh, this kid might enter the transfer portal and we might get him, but being like, wow, that's a, that's a really good player. I like watching him play. So once it came out that he was visiting Oregon and considering us, I was like, Oh, okay. This could be interesting. But JD, you said earlier, his, his jump from his freshman to sophomore year is really what stood out to me. I mean, he was averaging like two points, his freshman year and he he started 28 games his sophomore year and averaged 11 points and and got his assist and rebound numbers up and he really uh the the arrow is pointing up for him he's really he's showed that once he gets more time on the floor he's going to do a lot with it um i can't wait to see him working with the the front court that oregon has and really kind of leading this offense you know we we don't know um, what the backcourt is going to look like. There's still a lot of question marks. I know we got Dior Johnson coming in, um, a couple of transfers. We don't know if Will Richardson's coming back. I know he's he's testing the NBA waters, but I don't think he's hired an agent yet. Shane is vehemently shaking his head. No, um, I don't. I don't <laughs> Will Richardson will be that. back. Yeah, I mean, I I don't, I don't know. We'll see. But um, yeah, I I think that Keyshawn can be a really really nice floor general and a scoring point guard, which is Oregon has had a lot of those in the past, and it, it'd be nice to see it again. 
Well, and you even you Google like, you know, Oregon roster right now and you get nothing. It's really difficult to try mm -hmm. to find out like and kind of figure out and piece this roster together um, as it is every year, as it was always with Dana Altman. I mean, I remember doing podcasts with Shane being like, we have no idea who's going to be on this basketball. Team. Our, our first <laughs> uh, like basketball breakdown when we were doing this, there was like four players or six players on the roster and we were just like huh <laughs> how's this gonna work we're like oh, i don't know if we're like really bad at this or <laughs> when we got really excited about locker have we had a podcast since shane's heart was ripped out in the transfer uh, portal for yeah we have did we it since then we, we did, have yeah, uh, it was, I think it was that was just there. Justin and I. I'm not sure, but yeah. Okay, that was yeah. Shane's had some had some my some rough my go. Condolences. <laughs> hey, but they're yeah. still they're still in town. I've seen you know both Frank and uh, Kylie are posting on their Instagrams and whatnot. I have and they're seen still Kylie yeah, in town, mm -hmm. yeah, hanging out in town. I did, oh yeah, we did do that. I remember Frank that going to Washington. That just that That's that hurts more most. than anything because yeah. I want to root for him so badly, but it's gonna be. I, but he I, could be really well in the in the middle of that zone. I was gonna say I I do like the move for him though. Oh, I yeah, mean, yeah. I, I just think him, basketball wise, there. and I mean Washington has this inept ability to just churn out NBA guys on four win teams. It's insane. Like the like was it two years ago or whatever they won like two Pac twelve games and they had four players go pro like mm -hmm. Isaiah Stewart, Jaden McDaniels, like guys who were getting like legit NBA minutes, like in the playoffs too. Wasn't it, was it Fultz that, I mean, didn't that team like not even make the, the tournament? No. Yeah. They didn't, yeah. they didn't do, but he, I mean, he only played in like I think 11 games that whole year. Okay, but I mean, what it was. The, the Matisse Thibel team sucked. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> all, zone, they haven't man. had, a, they haven't had a good season in like 10 years. But if you look around the NBA, it's like washing guy, washing guy, washing guy. So, <laughs> So between that and like Justin said, the middle of that zone is going to make Frank look like a fucking monster. I mean, he's probably going to average like 3.7 blocks a year. He could, I think in that system, he could be Pac-12 defensive player of the year and win five games in a season. That's a hell it's, of a shot. That's it's it's shot weird, but yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a great thing for Duck fans. I still want to root for Frank. That is a little yeah, bit perfect. Um, all right, let's let's jump uh, over to some NBA talk. Uh, Dylan Brooks has had his name in a lot of people's mouths over the last 48 hours, uh, suspended for tonight's game three due to his uh, flagrant two foul on uh, former Beaver Gary Payton II, so duck on Beaver crime. Uh, the so Platypus funny. Cup making its way to the NBA playoffs. Uh, who would have ever thunk it? You know, look at us. Who would have thought? Look at us. But um, it's it's actually a big, a big injury for the Warriors. It's really going to affect them throughout the rest of the series. And I think the injury is actually what led to the suspension, which is kind of weird. You know what I mean? Um, the foul itself, it. I mean, I've watched it a lot and I have I mean. What, I'll throw it to you guys first. Shane, I know you kind of said your piece on Twitter, but let me hear what you have to think. Do you think that was a legit flagrant two? Yeah, for, I mean, okay. according to by the way the rule is written, yeah, yeah. wind up, shot to the head, hundred okay. percent. Did he go for the ball? Kinda. I mean, it was in like the vicinity, but just I mean, that's just what the NBA is trying to take out of the game is just those blows to the head while you're going across the body for the ball. Mm -hmm. So with, within with, with how the rule is written, I didn't see really much of. I was like, oh, flagrant too. Yeah, he's gone. That sucks. But I mean, is what it is. I do think it's funny that the team who had a player ejected has won both games. But um, 
That is interesting. Yeah, weird, right? <laughs> like your best defensive player gets ejected in the second quarter of both games and you still win. But um Ewing theory. Yeah, a little bit. Uh <laughs> well, Memphis fans have like a love-hate relationship with Dylan Brooks. Yeah, like they don't some like of their fans, some of them love him and some of them actually absolutely hate him. So it's interesting. Well, n- new Grizzly fans hate him. Yeah, old, that's old true. Grizzly fans love him. Old grit and grind guys. Yeah, mm-hmm. Zach. I mean, Steve Kerr came out and had some pretty harsh comments. You know, calling it you know a dirty foul, saying it you know broke the code, this kind of stuff. Do you agree? Do you think it was that that bad or that flagrant of an act that it broke the basketball code? I don't think so. I mean, like Shane said, it. I think it was definitely was a flagrant two foul, and I think that yeah, he should have been ejected. But I think context here matters a lot when you talk about the suspension. And if it was my decision, if I was the governing body and got to decide whether he was suspended or not, I wouldn't have suspended him because, A, it happened, what, three minutes into the game and he was ejected. So he's Basically pretty much suspended, suspended for exactly. one game. He's kind of getting suspended for two games here. Um, and, you know, it's it was a hard foul. But I also think that had Gary Payton not injured his elbow, as badly, I don't think the there'd be so much vitriol uh, towards Brooks because yes, it was a hard foul and he it probably shouldn't have happened that way. But you know, people love the Warriors, people love Gary Payton, they love the name, and yes, he's a very valuable piece to that offer to that defense and trying to slow down John Morant. So it kind of shifted the series a little bit, taking away one of their their main pieces and trying to slow down this offensive force that that the Grizzlies have. So um, I think you have to take it all in context, and it'd be really interesting to see in a in a universe where the foul happened, but Gary Payton maybe just hyperextended his elbow or didn't fracture it and might be out for a game or two rather than a few weeks, whether there's still the same vitriol and whether Brooks gets gets suspended then. The, the the suspension reminds me of like you know in a game when your player gets fouled and the refs waits to see if it goes in. Yes, that's what absolutely. the suspension yeah, reminds me. It's a really absolutely. good way to put it. No, that's that's actually a perfect way to put it. And Shane, I have to thank you because I was kind of at a loss at the beginning of the NBA season of who to throw my fandom behind. And Don't you give this to Shane? I thought it was wasn't it Shane? Was <laughs> no, it you? This was, oh, it was absolutely Zach? my oh, recommendation. Okay. All right, yeah. So How Zach, dare you? <laughs> uh, threw it out there. Said, "Hey, this Grizzly reminded me that you know this Grizzlies team is really fun. You know, Dylan Brooks, up and coming. I loved JJJ. I was really high on him in fantasy basketball. Still am. Um, still think his his ceiling is just absolutely ridiculous. But he's just got to stop a... fouling. You know, he's got well, the. Go ahead. What, yeah, what do you got? What he needs to do is not fucking freak out every time he legitimately fouls somebody <laughs> like i've never seen anybody besides demarcus cousin do themselves such little favors Ooh. with the refs where it's just like he like there was one play in game one where he fouled somebody on an alley-oop and he kind of got the ball but he fucking knocks the dude on the floor and just <laughs> loses his mind and starts arguing with anybody to listen and then like two plays later he gets like a ticky tack foul and then he has to go out for like five minutes and it was like Maybe don't maybe don't belittle that grown man who holds a lot of authority in this game. And just when you actually hit somebody, just shut the fuck up for a second. And I bet you they won't call those other ones. Like it is insane how demonstrative he is. And then later he's like, why are they targeting me? It's like, because you're a dick. <laughs> That's exactly why they're targeting you. 
Zach, do you see uh, Shane with the zebra shirt there all of a sudden? <laughs> like the, the referee came that, out of yes. him. Like the, the referee yeah, came out, out there. The, he pulled out the word belittling. And it yeah, was he did. Yeah, he did. <laughs> okay. Well, it, it's 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 funny that people like it's like well, there's not supposed to be a human element. It's like, but you are a but human being, oh, and a absolutely. guy yells at you in front of twenty thousand people in an arena, and then you're supposed to walk away and just like completely forget about it. You're like, no, dude. Fuck that guy. Yeah, <laughs> that was a hundred percent a foul. <laughs> I know that all too well. All too well. All right. This is a, let's do a fun game here real quick. We haven't checked into too much on the NBA playoffs. I mean, we're kind of using Dylan Brooks as like our linchpin here to just discuss it just a little bit. I want you guys picks. I want your picks for finals and I want your picks for who's actually going to win it. Cause it's, you know, Shane and I did this at the beginning of the season. Um, I think I picked Phoenix Brooklyn. If I remember correctly, mm-hmm. I don't remember what you picked Shane. Um, Phoenix Milwaukee rematch. Phoenix Milwaukee rematch. Okay, that sounds about right. So um, I'm curious to see where you guys stand now and if you would still pick that. So, Shane, I want to throw it to you first. Who do you think wins the Western Conference? Who wins the Eastern Conference? And then who wins the NBA Finals? Still going Phoenix. Uh, I think they survived a, a the scrappiest opponent possible in New Orleans. And Boy, they Chris, played hard. Chris Paul, it just went full fucking superhuman. It kind of carried them when they were sans Devin Booker for like two and a half games. I think he's like back back now. Mm-hmm. Um, and what DeAndre Ayton is able to do against teams like this with smaller opponents, I really like. My Eastern Conference prediction, I'm going to shift because of the Chris Middleton injury to the team that they're currently playing to the Boston Celtics. Uh, I think the the best team defense, uh, best defensive team in the NBA. I think that Milwaukee has some of the best defensive players. I would still give Giannis the, the nudge for best defensive player, uh, in the league. But yeah, I, I think it's going to be a little bit too much for Milwaukee to handle against Boston, uh, until they get Chris Middleton back. That's too big of a blow. So I am going to go now Phoenix beating the Boston Celtics in the finals. Same, same winner, different opponent. I like it. Yeah. A little bit of a different route. Zach, what do you got? See, this is stuff where I, a week ago, I was picking the Warriors to beat the Suns in the Western finals and get there. Cause I really think that just that, whatever you want to call it, the death, death lineup 2.0. I, I think it's I like cool party. every, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like cool party but, lineup. Yeah. But the, what the they death have. Lineups. Yeah, exactly. And it's Clay's like every, not the same. No, and every lineup with Golden State that is like kind of good has to have a nickname. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. they're just they're just a good team. It's but, called Draymond at the five. That's really what yes, it is. Yes, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. The, the greatest shooter in the history of the game, front of the point. That's it. Yeah. But um, I really like them. But like we were talking about, the Gary Payton injury hurts, and I I still think they're gonna beat Memphis. Um, but I, I could see that going seven and I could see a world where they struggle. You know, we've seen jaw do some unworldly things this series. And I think that he's still getting a lot better too. So um, I think I would go with Shane and say uh, Phoenix, probably out of the West, just what they're doing. Devin Booker. So good. Chris Paul. So good. Deandre Ayton still has another level to go up. And then man, that, that Boston Milwaukee series in the East. I think we all agree that the winner of that is probably going to make it to the finals. And I've got a significant amount of money on Boston to do it, but I'm very nervous. (laughs) I I could see Milwaukee, Milwaukee beating them, but um, I don't know. I think I would probably go. I, I actually might mirror exactly what Shane said. I think it's probably Phoenix over Boston. All right. You guys, you guys know me. I'm not, I'm not afraid of a hot take. I'm not afraid of a little spice. 
not afraid to go off the beaten path and pick something a little bit different. Uh, I really, I love what Phoenix has done all season long. Again, picking them in the preseason. I think Chris Paul is playing out of his mind. He has achieved point God, like super scion, you know, in, uh, um, Oh, what's that movie? Uh, where they, they get vegan powers is that Scott Pilgrim versus the world, mm-hmm. you know, where the, the guy's like, well, I'm vegan. And he has like all these like superpowers or whatever. That's basically Chris Paul right now. He is just playing out of his mind. That vegan diet is, but, 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 but he has not had an injury yet there in these playoffs. He's been very healthy and you saw well, even losing D book did, you know, against those Pelicans. So I think the Suns are a little uh, vulnerable in that way. I think the Warriors are showing that they're a little bit vulnerable. Jean Morant put up 47, 48 on them the other night, and they had nobody that could stay in front of him. Clay is not the same. Steph is amazing. He's amazing to watch. Uh, that Warriors team, I hate to say this, but it's it's, it's a fun team to watch right now with Kuminga oh, out there, yeah. Poole running around out there. They, they've always been fun. They just didn't beat the Blazers this year. <laughs> That's true. That's valid. That's valid. Um, I'm going – I'm going with the young upstarts. I'm going with the team that seems to just not care who they play against. They throw attitude at everybody. I think the Grizzlies are going to come out of the West. I think they're going to completely overachieve. I think this is John Morant's absolute coming out party as a superstar. And as long as he stays healthy, which is always the fear, right? Um, But as long as he stays healthy, I think that that team does it. And I think they play the Celtics. I think you guys are right. I think the Celtics, and I think we get that beautiful, like grit and grind kind of matchup of that offensive juggernaut versus a defensive juggernaut. And I hate this because I dropped this fandom, you know, six or seven years ago, but I think the Celtics do it. I think the Celtics win. I think uh, Udoka has got that team really playing out of their minds. Jason Tatum, uh, Jalen Brown, uh, Grant Williams, what they're able to get out of Grant Williams right now is just amazing. Uh, Yeah, Robert Williams. Marcus Smart just becoming the point guard that Boston always wanted him to be. Well, and what he all, I think Marcus Smart is just peaking. He's really, he's like, oh, finally. Like, thank you, finally, for giving me the keys and letting me do this. Yeah, it's the whole Brad Stevens uh, you're another point guard thing. Yeah, because yeah. we saw what he did at Oklahoma State as a point guard. I mean, he was dominant as a point guard. So, yeah, to actually give him the keys and and say that a defensive player, I just want to see that matchup, Jaw versus Smart, on a nightly mm-hmm. basis. Give me seven games of that, please. Uh, but, yeah, I think, I think I'm going off the board here, and I think I think it was Celtics beat the Grizzlies in the NBA Finals. Did you see Marcus Smart's like, comment about, like, finally getting to play point guard? He's like, he's like I was the third-rated point guard in the nation out of high school. I played point guard in college. We won blah, 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 blah. I won this. He's like, I get drafted this. And then everybody tells me I'm a shooting guard and now I'm bad. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. No, that's kind of how the NBA works. So much of it is fit and where you land, you know, the, the different histories and different pathways for players is definitely, um, it's the multiverse. It's the NBA multiverse out there. Um, all right, let's jump into three questions, boys. Anything else? Anything else before we, before we jump? No. All right, let's do it teleporting over to the favorite game in America right now. It's, it's not really a game, but it's definitely the favorite segment in America. Let's go Shane, Zach, me, and Shane, what do you got for us, sir? Three questions. All right. Let's see. A couple of mine got kind of. Yeah, I'm going off. <laughs> All right. First again. one, <laughs> we'll go with what's a sport that you don't know much about that you'd like to be a bigger fan of? Oh, good question. I've been, I've like made like a conscious decision lately to get more into boxing. I've always found it really interesting, but never really 
I do love fully boxing. deep dove. It's fun to watch. Um, and now boxing is a lot. It's on TV a lot more than not just like pay per view stuff, which is also helpful. Rugby is another really, one. A really random answer that's not really a professional sport, that, but one that I think I would love to actually do more. I would. That's the perfect answer. Yes. Frisbee golf. Oh, dude, you want to go? Exactly. I all the like, time. I, we should do a I, flock pod frisbee golf because I've a never ton been. Of friends that yeah. play frisbee golf. I obviously love to golf, and I like playing frisbee. Like I played ultimate and stuff in high school, and and always did that. It's like I've never gone frisbee golfing, and it's like, yeah, I think I would enjoy that. Do you know uh, Connor Matthews? Oh yeah, yeah. They meet him. Meet me and him play like once a week. I worked with him nice. for years at uh, at Hot Mamas. He's fucking awesome, and I, I played with him. Like he four or five times. Yeah. I play, I've only played with him a few times and every time I'm getting better. We played Alton Baker on Wednesday and I had my uh, best, nice. best round. Yeah. There. One of these sunny days. Let's definitely go do that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll hit you up. That'd be fun. Ooh, a flock pod extravaganza. I like it. All right. What do you ask? What else? Oh, no, I guess, I guess I need to answer. Yeah. You huh? need to answer, bro. Yeah. You um, should probably answer. <laughs> well, I guess, yeah, I'm just kind of, I'm just floating over here. Don't mind me, gentlemen. Um, I want to I want to learn the rules to cricket because yeah. cricket, I feel like is really fun to watch, no but it's so on. long, but I have no <laughs> idea what's going on. Yeah. And there's some like incredible athleticism, you know, in the field, like catching, I guess, is it the stone? I don't remember what they call it, but yeah, I think cricket would be sure. fun. I saw crit. There's an article about Chris Paul, you know, investing a large amount of money to become a minority owner owner and one of the uh, the teams in the Indian Professional Cricket League. So, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of I'd be interested in uh, yeah, cricket. I don't know, random. All right, yeah. No, I think that's I think that's a legit answer. You ever see like the highlight of the guy like catching the ball and like if you carry it past like the throwing wall, it. Yeah. Throwing it up mm-hmm. and then coming back. First time I saw that, I was like, wait, what are the rules? <laughs> <laughs> when I used to work at a direct kick soccer and the owner of that place was from India and he was a, he used to play like professional cricket. So he and I would like talk about it sometimes, but I don't remember any of the rules that we, you know, talked about or, but yeah, it definitely was on sometimes. And so, yeah, maybe I need to turn on a cricket match here. Turn on you the ever, ESPN plus. You ever see the, uh, the rules for the North Korean professional basketball league? No. Oh, is oh, that, wasn't you, it like spike ball or something like like jock no, jams? It's, it's crazy, <laughs> dude. Look it up sometimes. Like okay. every every shot and like within two minutes worth like eight points. It's insane. <laughs> um let's see. This was actually a question that Connor and I were talking about the other day while we were disc golfing. What is a better feeling? And you guys, you guys play tenny ball, so this is this is a good one. Uh hitting, you know, just crushing like a home run or just, you know, like a, a deep shot, you know, just one of those swings where you don't really feel it or in the same realm, Zach, you like this, that hitting the green and one on like a par three or just like striping a drive, like a, just a nice, a nice fairway shot. Which one of those does more happy stuff to your brain? Because of what it means right now and because of what it's got to be hitting a home run. Yeah. It's got to be hitting a home run. I haven't been golfing in a long time, so that might also kind of be playing into it. But that feeling is beautiful when you strike a perfect drive and you just get it out there right where you want it. But yeah, when you when you ball out in a series at tenny ball with everybody there too, and like it's it's a different kind of feeling, man. Well, and and as much as I love just the perfect drive or the perfect swing or or shot there's no celebration in golf that even rivals the team celebration around you of hitting a home run and you're running around the bases and high five it and everyone's going crazy. 
and it's like in golf someone's like oh nice shot that's it <laughs> so like yeah. while Here's you may beer. be like celebrating in your head like hell yeah great shot it's like my, uh, you, you don't get to high five everyone and go crazy and so it's i think it's a home run my my pushback on that and th- that's a great point but my initial point was it in golf compared to baseball you hit it and you get to like stand there and watch where in baseball are you kind of like you hit it and you're like, is that going? You're like hustling around first. You don't even maybe even see it go over the wall. Cause you're like trying to get to second at that point. But I, but I do like your answer. Third question. I'm glad we brought up doing flock pod stuff together next year. <laughs> flock pod marathon. You guys down? No, no. Oh, I hate running. <laughs> I hate running so much. Um, actually, yeah, that's funny. Mixing that. I saw you do the whatever, the half or the 5K, yeah. whatever it was. But yeah, no, I'm out. Yeah, well, now, I... do you like to cycle, Zach? Do you like to ride your bike? Yeah, I can ride a bike, yeah. We could do a, a flock pod triathlon. I would swim. Oh. Shane would run. Oh, okay. Zach could I, I, was like, yeah. I was like, why yeah, would you want to do No, more? do like a, a, a team try. <laughs> That'd be cool. We could, Yeah, we should no, look no, no, into no. doing something no. like that. No, that that I'm into. I thought you were saying we all just do a triathlon. I was like, like no. Wait, no, this, this idea got worse. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that'd be a fun idea, though. Okay, anyway. All right. Um, no, I, yeah, running in my knees, concrete no, in my knees, do not, uh, do not agree. So Bummer. the, old, the yeah. old man's coming out for sure. I noticed in, in, in well, in, in this race, something that I didn't realize was that a lot of people did it as like a group activity. I was one of the like few, like, just like, solo people out there and it was it was awkward in that community Did you do the 5k or was it the half half nice that's awesome Good yeah for you. yeah it was yeah, cool finishing yeah. at uh at hayward field was one of the coolest uh yeah that's awesome coolest things i've ever done the whole experience was like way better than i anticipated being but i just it was like all these people are like doing stuff together and i'm like at one point i like asked somebody something and they were like what and like remove their headphone and I asked them again and they just put it back in. <laughs> I was like, all right, dope, cool. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for playing. Appreciate it. Yeah, That's my funny. mother-in-law. I, I get a, it. <laughs> my mother-in-law is a marathon runner and and actually my father-in-law does has done like a few Iron Mans too. And it's like, cool. Hope you love it. Have fun. I'm good. I'll meet you at the finish line. <laughs> you cheering. Yeah. 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 Cheering. All right. Zach, three questions. Okay. Um, a few days ago, we were blessed with a very nice sunny day in Eugene in this dreary, dreary spring that we are all experiencing, which got me um, thinking, windows down, sun shining, you're driving. What song are you blasting? Mm. Oh. Top down, Earth Gang. Ooh. I mean, it's what, that was what I played when I was going to play disc golf the other day when it was all sunny out. So. There you go. Um, yep. But yeah, I've, uh, but I mean, my musical choice, I'm a big like flavor of the month listener. Mm-hmm. I'm basically listening to things as they come out as much as possible till the next wave of stuff. So that new Pusher T album has been like heavy in my rotation. I just got into this artist Blast, who's kind of like a West Coast kind of weekend ish type like hip hop R&B blend that I've been really into. Um, but yeah, I'd say like my quintessential like nice day listening is like that first half of the Mirrorland album from earth gang it's got top down and proud of you those are like my two big like first day of spring nice weather songs yeah there you go we're doing uh tenny ball walk-up music and i think somebody picked earth gang's hop down as yep. one of their their walk-up songs yep. it's a banger it's funny yeah and when i saw them live last week it was 
place got oh, rocking. Awesome. Yeah. Um, the first song that jumped into my head makes me feel old, but Nelly Ride With Me, just because it's just Ooh. got that like nice beat. Yeah. And just like kind of, that was like my high school like jam song for sure. Like throw it on in the old Honda CRX and just go, you, go, go cruising. You could put on basically anything from that Country Grammar album though. True. That's, yeah. that's actually a really good point. But then as I thought about it a little bit more and um, lately uh, I've been re I've rediscovered this song, but uh, Catarandia glowed up. I love that too. Just that kind of like floaty kind of song. You guys, if you haven't heard that, you should check it out. Glowed up. Okay. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of floaty, um, really soft kind of lyrics, but a nice beat behind it. But yeah, that's kind of, it just feels like a summer jam to me. Nice. So I've got two answers. One, I think Shane would like, and one, I think JD would like. The one that Shane would like is International Players Anthem, <laughs> oh. <laughs> which is just like, Great song. Uh, just a yes. perfect song. Um, and then I would also do, I think, Dreams by Fleetwood Mac. Oh, mm. yeah. Which is just like, a, like if you're like out driving in the country or something, like going to a winery, it's like, oh, I'll just throw that on and just, mm -hmm. yeah, living and a that good was life. the uh, song broke the record for longest time spent between it charting. Uh, because yes, of that, because like, of the, TikTok, the TikTok video. Thing. Yeah. yeah, that's funny. I think that's actually like where I like found that song and i was like oh this is amazing <laughs> it was well, it's cool that now we have like four old. generations of people who have appreciated yep. that song and i mean well rumors in general i mean uh, yeah, is a fucking amazing album i yeah yeah that's all that's another one you like a good nice spring summer day like rumors you can play that whole thing and the deluxe yeah. version on apple tunes too has like a live version of it it's also really Ooh, good okay. yeah Let's check that out all right, kind of in the same vein, um, I want two answers from you. One realistic and one if money is no object. What is your dream car? <laughs> so realistic, I mean, you have like 100 grand to spend cash. Just go buy your car. You're driving it for every day. If money, no object, you're a billionaire and you just get to buy this car to add to your stable of cars money no object i'm going that like gto from the first fast and the furious movie Ooh. that vin diesel fucks up at the end <laughs> i'm not a huge like car guy i think justin's currently driving his dream car isn't it it's the, pretty damn close the japanese van yeah thing? it's pretty fucking oh, close it's <laughs> yeah it's, it's really really close i would say though if money's no object i always i, I have a weird obsession with g-wagons like I would want just like a decked out, <laughs> you know, super crazy decked out, like yes. military style. G wagon, G wagon. So nice. yeah. That's my dream car. But if yeah, if it's you know realistic, yeah, I would. It's probably. Um, well, now now that I have mine and knowing what I would want out of the next one, it's probably a Mitsubishi Delica, like a 98, 99, four by four, captain seats in the back, right hand drive. Uh, so weird. yeah just uh just an absolute beast so you'd still yeah prefer the right hand i love it right now side. dude oh i love it yeah it's it's my favorite thing is to pull up next to someone and then kind of like <laughs> look over <laughs> and you're like really but, and they, no they'd right always do that quick second take and it's just yeah. like what the fuck like yeah i definitely but did it, the first time i saw it too yeah parking is so much easier like parallel parking in that bitch too like it's so nice um Huh. But yeah, I think I think I would want the four by four and I think I'd want the Delica just because it's almost the same motor and they just they look a little bit more like industrial. So I have like my my city cruiser and then I'd have like my like out in the country cruiser, you know, your so yeah. your van reminds me of those uh, those bicycle helmets 
that like, <laughs> like yes. super aerodynamic yeah like the tour de france ones yeah uh, oh, i don't know great. like i mean so like i've honestly like my first car was a 68 volvo and i've drove driven nothing but like shit like junkers my entire life recently we got a 2019 corolla and i'm like this is the best car ever. Doesn't get any better. Like, like look, look at all the technology. Like, it tells me if I'm gonna like hit something before it even happens. It slows the car down if you're gonna rear end yeah. somebody. So I mean, Safety. like to, to say like uh, a like a a reasonable dream car. I'm like, I guess anything from 2019 and on is like I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I think my money no object would be like JD and G Wagon, but money really has to be no object because those things get like 14 miles for the gallon. So yeah, you're, exactly. You're That's why a lot. It's the only gas. reason I went with that instead of one of those like Batwing Teslas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but G Wagons are so nice. And then my dream like reasonable car is um, I'm a big like Jeep guy. I had a Jeep Wrangler. I drive a Grand Cherokee now. The 2022 Grand Cherokee is like half electric too and it's mm. so nice it looks like a range rover and it's just oh it's it's beautiful i i want it so badly but it's a little spendy so yeah um, probably yeah <laughs> <laughs> no, that would be so nice and just something like the electric yeah it's it's nice yeah. it's gonna be weird we're all gonna be driving electric I mean, hopefully yes. we're all driving electric cars in the next like yeah yeah i think we will be five years or so more than likely all right is that yeah. three from you zach no last one right. um I think everyone will be able to answer this. What is one movie if where you see it on TV, your next two hours are toast because you're watching it to the very end. This happened to me yesterday with my answer. So I saw it on TV and I was like, all right, well, I was going to go mow the lawn, but this movie's on. So Man. it's so hard now with streaming. So exactly. it's like, I don't know if you guys watch cable at all or, or ever just. Not, I, so, I have yeah. cable. I mostly, mostly watch sports. And then we kind of stream everything else, which is making me kind of reconsider that whole thing. But then it's like, if you're going to have Wi-Fi, getting cables, really not oh, that dude, much more. I've been having this, yeah. like, oh, thing. Comcast yeah. is off. And oh, I did man. go to Sling a couple of years ago to try and not do the cable. And it was terrible. I went yeah. back to cable after because it was just I've heard fun. that from a few people. Um, Sling sounds so good on paper, though. Uh, it's I'm going to cheat. I'm going to cheat. And just because of my infatuation lately, it's been Mariner games. Like if I'm just like sitting around and all of a sudden I look and like see a Mariner game on like completely cheating. Yeah. I'm completely cheating. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) The the last movie. Oh, I know what movie it is. It's tombstone. There you go. It's tombstone. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. The old, old tombstone. Yeah. Cause I don't have, it's like streaming. You can't really find that as easily. And that every once in a while it's playing on like TNT or TBS or AMC. Mm something like that and you flip that on and yeah so the last two movies that i caught on tv and ended up like watching a lot more of it than i thought uh the first one was dunkirk i didn't seen it in a long time and it was on and it's just i have a big tv and it's such a visually fucking like stunning movie that just really like brought me in the other answer is a little bit more embarrassing it was get hard this was yesterday uh will ferrell and kevin hart uh, it's funny movie. I it was like it, I think it was on TNT and I was watching like basketball the night before or whatever so I turned it on movie was on it was the part where John Mayer comes to like the the party or whatever and plays that song with Will Ferrell and I probably I didn't finish it but I watched probably 70% of it <laughs> yeah for That's me funny. it's for me it's Moneyball 
I mean, oh yeah anytime it's on TV I, a lot too yeah and yeah so i just sit there and watch it a lot like i was i think i got like a quarter of the way in yesterday and i had a some stuff on my to-do list to do and i'm just like well this is not getting done today because i'm just <laughs> gonna sit and watch this movie so that's one another one that, like, of all time really sucks you in with all the dialogue oh, god it's mm-hmm. so good what if Jonah Hill's on the thing. screen, like, good luck walking away from it. Yeah, you can't. All right. So kind of in the same vein of us, you know, Zach and I showing our displeasure of running, you know, in different workout <laughs> exercises. Um, what's your favorite workout exercise? Like, do you guys, like, have something me, that's like running. a daily, like, you know, if I was, that's what I was thinking, yeah. But maybe something like that. What do you do at the gym? Like, if you show up at the gym and you're well, like, what's, like, your favorite thing to do? Uh, well, like I said earlier, curls for the girls, everybody likes doing curls. Cause you get those immediate results. You get all <laughs> kind of swole. You kind of feel, it. I mean, I, I usually, I kind of target a bunch of different things, but lately, like my biggest, like mountain to conquer has been the Stairmaster. Oh, I don't know if you guys spent much time with Stairmaster. It's fucking brutal. Like yeah, it, is. <laughs> it is really, really hard. Like Yesterday, I was like, I'd been about 22 minutes on it, and my heart rate was Jeez. at like 165. That's crazy. Yeah. I want to be able to, my goal is in the next couple of months to be able to do an hour straight on it, on like the eight setting. So, like, I did, I lately I've been doing 100 flights of stairs. It's been like wow. my goal. Shane's out See, here getting those booty goals. I've <laughs> been trying to like use the Stairmaster as like a warm up for like if I'm going to do like leg day or whatever. I'll just be like, oh yeah, I'll go out and do like 10 minutes on the Stairmaster. Then I'll do like three and be like, I'm warm. <laughs> I'm good. Every yeah, time, my, my biggest thing with the Stairmaster is whatever I'm done, trying to clean it off becomes the hardest thing in the world because I'm dripping sweat and you have to like bend down kind of to like get it. So then every time and I go down to like wipe sweat, I'm, I'm just, dripping more. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like moving. Yeah. Whatever. Like Mr. Bean episode. Like what the yeah. heck? Oh, that's great. Um, I anything with a medicine ball. Like that, working really? at the gym lately, like just picking up the medicine, like the 20 pound medicine ball and throwing it against the wall, like sideways, overhead, just like chucking oh. that thing around. Um, really, really enjoy it. It's very visceral. You know what I mean? Like you actually yeah. get that kind of re- and it's like a full body too. You can really get your heart rate up that way, doing some wall ball and whatnot, but yeah, anything it's, to do with the medicine ball. It's funny. You mentioned that I get really envious when I see that your like Instagram story videos at work of like, the mm-hmm. Instagram, cause that's like very, uh, faux pas at Planet, planet oh, fitness yeah. is to be like making really noise of any sort. And they used to have like a medicine ball, like trampoline thing that you could throw it again. So it Mm -hmm. wouldn't make like the the smack noise. Um, Mm -hmm. But now it's gone. I don't know if somebody like broke it or hit themselves in the face. Shane, you know, you know where to go, man. You know, we'll see. We'll see. (laughs) Um, Yeah, it's super fun because we have the slam balls, too. So you can just like pick those up and slam them into the floor. Um, I brought poor Zuko. I brought him down one night to one of the workouts and I did some slam stuff and he was just like off hiding in the corner because it was so loud. But yeah, it's a, it's a good one. Okay. Um, in honor of Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness coming out last night and uh, Miga and I going to see it this evening. Uh, what was the last movie you guys saw in theaters? I went to the theaters like two weeks ago and saw uh, The Lost City and it was surprisingly good. Sandra Bullock, Channing Tatum, Brad Pitt. Oh, okay. It was like a... Uh, We're seeing previews for it. It's like a romantic comedy adventure, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Daniel Radcliffe was in it. It was like a really well... If you like Sandra Bullock movies, you will mm-hmm. love this one. Okay. All right. All right. 
Mine was the uh, the new Jackass movie, which was absolutely incredible. <laughs> I loved it so much. Uh, with Cameron, we just had uh, way too much fun. That's I, fantastic. We grew up watching Jackass, so getting back into that world was so fun. Crazy they're still doing it. That's and amazing that they're still alive. Maybe more raunchy and violent and you know cringeworthy than the old ones. So the fact that they're going even harder at it is like, wow, you guys are not going to be alive that much longer. <laughs> All right. This next question, this this could end in an argument, but I, I like this. Oh, I like boy. this. This came up at Tenny Ball the other day when we were just kind of having a conversation about hoops. You have prime Nikola Jokic, and you have prime Shaq, and they're going to play one-on-one. You get the ball at the top of the key, and they're playing one-on-one to 15 threes and twos not twos and ones threes and twos who wins i think Jokic does Mm -hmm. okay so i'm not crazy this is what i was okay now now this is like a backup question you put me on shaq's team and (laughs) you give and you give nikola Jokic like jamal murray so now it's two on two, but Shaq has somebody to feed him the basketball on the post. Wait, no. wait, wait. So it's Does Jokic it and you? Jamal Murray. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, just like, like a, okay, like just think of like a think of what like a other scrub person, NBA like player, think, uh, Austin Rivers. Okay, you Derek give White. Austin Rivers to Shaq or Derek White. You give basically give him a point guard who can feed him the ball. Because my argument was, I'm get, Jokic I'm would the win with two NBA players. Okay, Jokic Jokic would win one-on-one because he has handle and he can shoot it from Uh the outside. Early Shaq had a little handle, but not Mm -hmm. enough to like break somebody down him. And he might just literally turn his back and just back him down. But if you change the dynamic and say even like one-on-one, but the ball starts in the post, I think Shaq wins. Well, so when people say like Shaq had a little handle, you're talking about an era where if a seven-footer put the ball on the ground, we're like, and that was also my argument so, that if Shaq came up now, he would be a lot more like Giannis than like big boy Shaq that he turned into. Maybe, maybe. I don't know if he was quite as skilled as you're giving him credit for, considering he never like really operated a dribble handoff in his like 19 year career. Well, he also was lazy. I mean, that's the other, that's the secret about Shaq is that he liked eating. He liked not necessarily prepping for every off. So I'm just like, if he could, but if he came up now, you know what I mean? I mean, that's kind of what we saw even with his son. I mean, but despite his heart problems, unfortunate heart problems, he was a baller. But I, yeah, what do you got, Zach? I still feel like in the 2v2 scenario, Jokic would win because I kind of trust Jokic to defend Shaq in the paint, but I don't trust Shaq to defend Jokic if he stretches the floor a little bit and takes oh, an outside of the paint, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I think Jokic, like, Shaq would still score on him and, like, get some buckets, but I think Jokic could put up a fight. But if Jokic goes out to the elbow or to the three-point line, like we know he can, Shaq is getting absolutely lost on an island, and I think they could. I don't know if he does. And then Jamal Murray is just taking you to school. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you're still the the two-man game. That's the funniest part about this, the J.D. True himself. Well, I was just trying to think of anybody, right? And Shaq had a chance. My argument was basically you could throw anybody on Shaq's team, and I think that he would win because all you got to yeah. do is get him the ball in the post. But I see what you're saying, obviously, with another NBA player. But 
yeah, I just I think that's a really interesting NBA conversation. You know, we always yeah. go to like, you know, Jordan versus LeBron or whatever, but I think those big men conversation. And so it's kind of a similar deal if you throw like Giannis or something like that in there that if if, you know, Shaq, especially Orlando Magic Shaq, he was a decent defender on the perimeter. So I think yeah. that he would be able to kind of I don't know, it's it's a it's a fascinating one. So Yeah. I think I'm taking yeah. If it's just straight up one-on-one ball at the top of the key, check up ball threes and twos to 15. I'm taking Jokic just because of what he can do in the ball making the, the ball. I mean, he hits three threes and he's four points. I mean, six points away from winning. Shaq's going to have to do everything within 12 feet. Just going to have to back him down and get himself tired every single possession. So pay to watch it. Yeah, I would definitely pay to watch it. I'm going to, I tried doing it on 2k and I couldn't figure out a way to make them, (laughs) but it was, I was like, I got to figure this out. Um, but yeah, I dig it gentlemen. Um, great pod again, as always, if you're still listening out there, Appreciate you, beautiful people. Thank you so much. You guys have anything uh, to throw out? Any plugs? Anything going on? Um, WNBA play or WNBA starts tonight. Uh, shout out the mother of ducklings. Looks like she's got a big TV game on Saturday against the Connecticut Sun. So check that out. Um, yeah, that's all we got. We appreciate you. We love you. Oh shoot, I fucked it up again. I've done this the last couple times. I've done this the last couple times. Take care, your chicken. Take care, your mentals. We appreciate you. We love you. We out. Peace. I'm leaving that in. I'm not going to edit it either. I'm leaving that in. (laughs) Oh, man. Good shit, guys. Yeah. All right, boys. Have a good rest of the day. Sorry.
Shout a little bit softer now. 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 Shout a little bit softer now.